Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking in this section about the covenants of promise. And boy, is it so important to us to understand that everything God does for us, He does it on the basis of a covenant. If you don't get covenant, you won't understand God's dealings. And by the way, be sure to hit the like button at the end of this and subscribe to the podcast. We'd love to have you do that. And if you haven't already, be sure to go to MyFaithRoots.com and uh, make sure you get the free email devotional that comes with this every morning. Ephesians 2.12, you had no connection with Christ, the Apostle Paul said. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel. I don't know about you, but I don't like being on the outside looking in, wishing that I had access to something that other people have, and I don't. And outside of God's covenants and the promise that goes with them. Now, one of the things we see in the way that God led Abraham, and it's something that carries over with us, the Lord orders and He guides the steps of the people that are in covenant with Him. Now, I want to show you this by the story of Abraham and his nephew Lot. Now, when Abraham went down to Egypt, he took Lot with him. They went down there for a while to escape the famine that was in the land of Canaan. They came back into the land of Canaan, and when they did, some trouble erupted. And this is so important. We have these ideas that these godly people never had problems, but they did. They had real problems. They're just like you and me. They struggled with human relationships, just like we do. And uh, so Lot had lots of cattle, lots of sheep, lots of goats. So did Abraham. And inevitably, they got into fights over who was first at the water hole. And uh, the, the strife got so bad that Abram knew that we need to settle this thing. So let's look at it. Genesis chapter um, uh 13, the Lord had said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, lift up your eyes from where you are and look north, east, south, and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go and walk through the length and breadth of the land for I'm giving it to you. So Abram moved his tents and he went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he built an altar to the Lord. Now, this shows me that God's plans for Abram did not include Lot. Abram met with Lot, and he said, Look, I'm going to give you first choice. Uh, You pick the place that you want to live, and I'll go where you don't go. And we need to separate from one another. And this is just good, because uh, when you've got more than one family unit involved, uh, it's good to establish borders. And, and, and I, you know, I grew up in a family where the, we interfered with uh, our other family members and they us, and it made for some strife-filled times. And uh, it's not a good thing. You need to have that place of separation where you uh, separate from other families, especially your in-laws. And, and there's a time when that's right. 
Um, and Abraham came to that time. He could see it. I'm sure the hand of God was on Lot being with him for a season, but the time came for Lot to move on. Lot learned the lay of the land. He learned where the water holes were. He learned what he wanted, and he moved out and went into the valley of the Jordan River and settled near the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Big mistake on his part, but that's, that's where he went. Now, he made a foolish choice in that, but he also made an arrogant choice because he should never have picked first. But the fact that he picked first tells you a little bit about his attitude. He was a little bit privileged. And Abraham, being the older, should have been the one to make the first choice. Abraham didn't ask for the first choice. He allowed that with Lot. Lot should have refused. He didn't. And this is part of the reason that Lot wound up losing most of what he had. Uh, because the, the Bible talks about how that when you're arrogant, you, you have a fall, and uh, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, Abram probably didn't even realize this, but God was guiding him subconsciously. I want to read to you from Psalm 37. Abraham couldn't read this. Uh, it wasn't written yet, but it would have been a great thing to know. Verse 23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and he delights in his way. And that means that God is guiding us when we are in covenant with him. When we believe his covenant, we sign on for guidance. And, and I think sometimes we think that we have to know when all that guidance is happening and I can tell you from experience and from what I see in the Word of God that God guides us subconsciously. Many times we are guided by the Lord and we don't even realize we're being guided by the Lord. Uh, this is just one of the things that God does that I think is so amazing. Uh, he guides us subconsciously. Now let's keep on reading here in Psalm 37, verse 24. Though he fall, the person that God guides, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. So God says, I'm guiding you on your steps, and even when you stumble, I will be there to pick you up and keep you going. Now, when Abram moved off, and Lot separated from him, he moved off. They were uh, completely separated. Uh, God spoke to Abram immediately and let him know, I'm still with you. That was very confirming to Abram. And, and in effect, here's what he was saying. He was saying, Abram, if you didn't realize it before now, let me just explain, Lot was not going to be your heir. Even though he is your nephew, he's your brother's son, he's a full generation younger than you, he's not the one that I have chosen to inherit the promises that I'm giving to you. So God permitted Lot to move off. And that doesn't mean God didn't care for Lot, but God did care for Lot. We'll see that later on. But, but, but he was not the one that God would use to bring about the Messiah. He was being guided then subconsciously. You know, God, I believe, moves in our lives even before we surrender to Christ because he sees that we're going to make that decision. And uh, I wasn't going to follow the Lord. I knew about Christ, but I didn't really want to walk with God because I didn't see anybody that I admired or respected that had a walk with God. Uh, to me, uh, you know, the Christian kids in school were not cool. I wanted to be with the in crowd, and, 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 and I'll be honest with you, they made a lot of my decisions for me. I, I would not have wanted to follow Jesus for fear of being rejected by my friends.
Guess what God did? And I always felt like it was because of my grandmother's prayers. God set this little thing up for me at just the perfect time. About a month before this great revival came into my high school and to my city, God set me up. And I was with some of my friends at a basketball game. We were playing our crosstown rival. We beat them on a buzzer shot at the end. I told my buddies, we ought to get in the car and get out of here. I feel like there's going to be a fight. I didn't know I was being prophetic. It was my fight. I didn't want to get in a fight. I did not want to get in a fight with guys from that other school. Uh, we beat them in football for the first time that year, and, and there was a little tension with us and them. And So we got in the car, and we were driving out of the parking lot, and a boy cheerleader and his girlfriend were leaving the parking lot, and I was with four guys in a car, and they rolled down the window and started yelling at this kid, harassing him, and boasting about the fact that we just won the ball game. This boy cheerleader runs over to the car and starts beating on the window. And of all people, he starts pointing to me. And I am the only one in the car who hasn't said a word. Every other one of the guys, all four of them were yelling at this guy. I was in the middle of the back seat, keeping my mouth shut. And he starts picking on me. Now, I did have a little pride. And I was a starting middle linebacker on football team. This is board cheerleader, and that didn't sit too well with me, that he was daring me to get out of the car uh, in front of his girl. So I try to get out. He won't let me open the door, so I get out on the driver's side. The driver's all too happy because he knows what's going to happen. He knows I'm going to kill this guy, and I did. Well, I mean, I had the guy on the ground that quick. and But all of a sudden, I got hit from behind. It was like a truck hit me. I got knocked flat to the ground. And I looked up, and it was a grown man. And I didn't know it at the time, but it was the father of the girlfriend of this guy. My guys drive off and leave me. And then the next thing you know, I'm surrounded by football players from that other school. And I have a whole group of guys to fight now. Of course, the father that knocked me to the ground, he broke the whole thing up and got me out of there. But I'll tell you what, it opened up my eyes. I was very disillusioned with my friends. I thought, these are guys I hung out with all the time. And I had thought, you know, I wouldn't follow Christ because I want these guys to stay my friends. And wouldn't you know, they showed me what they were made of. But you know what? God permitted every bit of that. He let me see what human nature was really like. That's the providence of God. I didn't see an angel working right then and there. Only weeks and months later did I realize it was the Lord who permitted that event to take place in my life. And it was a great thing that happened for me. And uh, I look back on it now, and three weeks later, when an evangelist came to my high school and gave a talk and then went to a church that night and, and preached, I was there. I wanted to hear more, and I gave my heart to Christ. And uh, I, I had a change of heart because of that one event in the parking lot at my high school. So you see, God was at work, and I didn't even realize he was at work. Subconsciously, God moves. And you know what God can do? This is what you need to pray. If you have an unsaved uh, young person in your family, uh, and, and they look like they have no interest in God at all, God, don't let them be destroyed. We're talking about chastening, not destruction. There's a difference between correction and destruction. 
Lord, chasten my nephew or my son, my daughter. Let them see what the world is really like. Open their eyes to the deception that's in the world. Let them see what they're dealing with. And God, send the right person to them. It may not be you. It may be somebody else. I think this is where we mess up. We think that we have to be the ones to deliver the message. And sometimes we are not the vessel that God chooses. God chooses somebody else. And that's how you ought to pray. You ought to pray that God would send his messenger to your son, your daughter, your grandson, your niece, your nephew. And God will work. And I've seen it happen so many times. Now, God was still working at Abram. And, and, Abram, and he was living near the great trees of Mamre, the Amorite, who was the brother of Eshcol and Aner, all of whom were allied with Abraham. Now, let me explain this. Abraham moved to a new place. It's near what would become the city of Hebron. Hebron wasn't settled yet, but, but he moved near that area. And while he's down there, he meets up with these three brothers. They must not be bad guys. They are good enough guys that Abram becomes confederate with them. What does that mean? Abram makes a blood covenant with them, and they band together for protection. Now, Lot was with Abram, but Lot is now gone. So now Abram probably senses a little vulnerability here. But these other guys are only too glad to have Abram be their covenant partner. Later on, they would say to him, you are a mighty prince among us. And so they feared Abram. They respected him. Well, here's what happened is Lot moved to Sodom, and in the course of time, there were four kings from the east, from Babylonia and from southern uh, Iran, uh, the country of Elam. Uh, they came and they uh, kidnapped all of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah and carried them off captive and all their stuff, and, and someone came and told Abram what happened. Well, Abram went to his partners, Mamre, Eshcol, and Aner, the Amorites. And now later on, 400 years later, these Amorites were wicked. But at this time, they were just men. And for that reason, God would not allow Abram to take that land. Because he told them, the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. But at that time, he was in covenant with them. And so those guys went with him, and they followed these people into the north of Israel, and uh, th that's another story, but they fought and they rescued Lot. So everything that happened here wound up befalling Lot for good. Lot was blessed in all of this stuff, and, and it blessed Abraham for good because now he had partners who were probably a lot stronger and more powerful than Lot would have been, and Lot's life was saved because of God's guidance. This is what I love about the Lord. The Lord is working when we realize it, and He's working when we don't. And I like what my friend Denny Duran says, and it's a wonderful statement. Write this down. Put it in your Bible somewhere. Believe it. God is always doing more than you think He is. Isn't that a good thing to believe? God is always doing more than you think He is is. And so don't give up. If you're going through some tough time right now, you have a covenant with God. You are in league with Him. 
He is working on your behalf, whether you realize it or not. And I'm going to close with this scripture. I love this. This is Hebrews chapter 13. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so some people have entertained angels without knowing it. If you could entertain an angel and never realize it was an angel, how much more then can the Holy Spirit do a work in your life and help you out and you not even realize He did it? God is at work when you realize it, and He's at work when you don't. Well, that's all the time I have for today. Don't miss tomorrow's podcast. We'll wrap up this series of five and then... Next week, we'll start again with another whole group of five lessons. And be sure you go to myfaithroots.com and sign up for that free email like this and subscribe to the channel and ring the bell. Do all the stuff you know you're supposed to do to help me out. All right, thank you. God bless you.